0: I've actually heard decent things about is like uh, one that's like a dog toy box. Has bark like, box? Yeah, bark box. Are you talking like about bark treat. box? Yes. Not a sponsor of the podcast. Are we already starting? We, we this... just, we started on that note. Yeah. Okay. But no, actually that a friend of mine gets bark box and his little, what is it? A Westie. He really likes the toys.
1: Not a sponsor of the podcast. Not a
0: sponsor of the podcast. Yes. We don't have any promo codes or any bullshit like that. We do not have any promo codes. I just like dogs a lot.
1: <clears throat> I like dogs too, so people should go spend money on BarkBox.
0: Or just dog toys. Get your, get your <coughs> dog a great toy this Christmas. Yeah, get your dog get, a Star Wars Rogue One toy. Get, no, just get him a thing of big ears. He'll like it just as much.
1: Okay. You can get the Rogue One toy, though. Get the R two D two tour. I didn't know there was a tutor. You know what? I fucking bet you there is. You're, you're gonna look this up. No, I'm trying to arrange the thing, The one thing I wanted to talk about before oh, we the
0: one news item before we we jumped into Rogue One. Okay,
1: it's kind of it's two Star Trek things. It's really one. Okay,
0: I'll 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 chime out here.
1: Everybody should go look up Microsoft's Universal Translator app. Okay, that was that part done. Second, actually,
0: I think there was something. Uh, I remember, there was some sort of. Stage <laughs> test they did for like showing off Skype, like instant translate mm-hmm. a couple years back. Yeah. I don't remember that ever came anywhere because I don't talk to people who speak German or Spanish on Skype that often. So
1: I think they rolled the back end of that into a real time translation thing for their phone translation app, mm. which looks pretty cool. Oh, okay. You can all scan a little QR code and join the same conversation and have it reflected in your native language when somebody else talks on
0: your phone. No, it's actually kind of cool. Similar related to that. Um, I think this has been out for a while, but I just had an actual use case for it. I got a Christmas card, one of those that's like, has Happy Tonica, Christmas, holidays in like, you know, seven different languages. Mm -hmm. I like pulled out my phone and like opened up Google Translate, Mm -hmm. pointed it at the little thing, and it like put overlaid text on the card in real time. Like, Like, oh, hey, it says Merry Christmas. No shit. Neat. Just need those little fish that go into our ears now. It's also very racist of you to put everything in English like that. <laughs> Whatever.
1: Speaking of racism, this is something I just read about this new Star Trek series that we think is going to fail horribly and is a deliberate attempt to fail
0: horribly. The producer style? Yes. Pretty much.
1: Yes. I think that they've gone nuts here. The captain is a Klingon. They typically didn't get along with the Federation. There was that one guy. Worf. Worf. Yeah, one guy. Orf, I guess they're having a, a ship that's crewed by everybody. Everybody's coming along.
0: Race doesn't matter. They don't see race. They're like <laughs> Stephen Colbert in that uh, whatever century they're in. <laughs>
1: that's in the 24th century. I don't know. Whatever. Fuck that. Anyway, Justin and I saw Rogue One yesterday, so that's what we really want to talk about. Yes. And the New York Post yes. says that Rogue One is a thinking Star Wars fans movie.
0: So yes, if you the newest Star Wars movie, straight from the creators of Marvel. If you didn't
1: like it, you're you're dumb. You're a dumb dumb. You didn't get it.
0: Oh my god, I just remember this video I saw. Never Not mind. Really a lot of people didn't like it though. Uh,
1: it also proves that you don't have to be alive to star in a movie, according to another New York Post article.
0: Like I, I don't know. Some people I was reading online they said that the CGI. What is his, Peter Cushing's? Is that Peter his Peter Cushing, Peter yeah. Cushing uh, looked fake. But I actually, like, unless I was, you know, squinting and like got, like, I don't know, we didn't watch it in, you know, IMAX 3D supervision, no. rape your eye type stuff. So maybe that, like, glossed over the details on his face that didn't look realistic, but it looked fine to me. And, like, he actually was a part, a major part of the movie. He wasn't just, like, a three-second cameo like some other CGI actor they had. I
1: thought it looked really fake. Really? Yeah. yeah
0: maybe I'm just used
1: to looking at... His mouth was like so... It just didn't look natural. It was in the Uncanny Valley for me.
0: Okay, I've actually... I've, okay, I've heard that reference. What, un- what does that mean, Uncanny Valley?
1: It's like you can have something that looks real. Yes. Like you and I look real to each other because we are real. And then you have something that's really patently fake, like a you know PS1 blocky solid snake that you know is fucking fake. Yes. But there's this idea that like in between where you have something patently fake and something that's real, there's this uncanny valley where the cl- you get to this midpoint where it looks kind of real, but you, the eye is like, mm, that's fake. Mm-hmm. So the closer you get like up the slope towards it being real, I think that the, the deeper into the valley you go, so it's like you have more of a cognitive dissonance, like it's fake, but it looks almost real, but it's fake, so it really bothers you.
0: Oh, okay. I did not know if it was a reference to something else. or.
2: Justin, let me ask you, so how many Peter Cushing films had, have you seen besides Star Wars, just out of curiosity?
0: Probably just Star Wars, to be perfectly honest. I mean, there's probably something else I've seen him in, but it's like I don't tie... When I hear Peter Cushing, I don't tie him to those other movies.
2: I think that's maybe why you had a better reaction to it than Clark, because you're only familiar with him from like that one context, whereas... Mm-hmm. You know him from all the Hammer films and everything too. And I thought you did. I'm aware he's in them, but I never watched them. Well, what is it? I think it's just like you know or very keenly aware of the fact that he's dead and yet they've replicated him on screen that makes it seem weird. I it just didn't look
1: right to me. I, none of those faces ever worked for me like um the really bad ones in the X-Men movie, X-Men 3. Oh, yeah, those were. They just, like, put silly putty on Patrick Stewart's face and were like, you're 30 years younger.
0: But, I mean, like, I I don't know. I feel like some of the face technology is, like, getting close. I mean, when uh, we were watching Westworld and they had, like, young Anthony Hopkins, I thought that looked really good.
1: Really? really, Oh, you mean younger Anthony Hopkins? Yeah, I was going to say the really young guy that Dolores sees in the underground base is a different actor. I was just making sure. No, they they aged him back
0: a bit, though, in one of the scenes. Yeah, yeah, All right, where he's bringing Bernard to life. Yes. Yes.
1: Well, I think that a lot of that might have been accomplished using Anthony Hopkins' actual face, though, mm-hmm. and then like just playing with it. This is just like we're Straight making up.
2: a fake Peter
1: Cushing and pasting it on this dude's face. Oh,
2: okay. Well, I think what they were doing was using archival footage and using the scans from that footage to create the model of the face and place it on the new actor's body. So it really is Peter Cushing's face. It's just that... Like you said, it's kind of uncanny because it's his face, but not in any real context. Like, his real face never did that. It just looks fake. It, it, I, it,
0: it, it does. To me, I'm sorry. It looks fake. The, I'll tell you the good I mean, example. at least for me, like, I never follow when actors die. Yeah. So I'm like, when I saw him on screen, I'm like, wait, isn't he dead? I thought he was dead. I mean, to be fair, he would be Mm -hmm. over 100 now. Yes. He's pretty old (laughs) when he was in Star Wars. Yeah.
1: Um, The good example I can think of, the face swapping thing, is when they use somebody's real faces in the first Captain America movie where Chris Evans was a little skinny, shrimpy dude, Mm. and they had his shrimp body double... Filmed the scene, and then they had him film the scene and just put his face over it and blended it in. Mm-hmm. But that was a real dude's face acting. Yeah, like, they're working with a real kind of pasted it together, making one from scratch, like trying to DH Jeff
0: Bridges for Tron Two, or I mean, you know, what was really. I was it. Uh, what did you see? Civil War. Yeah, I, I think it was in Civil War where they had like teenager Robert Downey Jr. and it yep. just looked like Robert Downey Jr. with like silly putty on his face, like you were yeah. saying before. That look, But they were using kind of a real
1: dude, and they had tons of footage from him from when he was younger, like in the Charlie Chaplin movie. Mm-hmm. Or Ant-Man, where they made Michael Douglas look like he did in the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, But I think using real people and just fucking with what you have there versus trying to bring a dude back from the dead. Or in Carrie Fisher's case, trying to take off, you know, 50 <laughs> I, years I think of, they
0: just did the same CGI. Yeah, hard face and, and that they did and Yeah, just... Like, no, no, no. They, okay. <laughs> I mean, we're already in spoiler territory, so whatever. But yeah, like, Leia shows up at the end of the movie, and, like, you hear her, and I'm like, no fucking way are they going to try and do, like, Carrie Fisher now in Leia. Like, that is just not happening. It's like, Carrie Fisher still looks pretty good for her age, but it's just like, it doesn't work, you know, with Leia, you know, in the 70s. So, right. It's like,. Not going to happen. And yeah, CGI Leia comes up. I'm like, oh, okay, right. Did that one look worse
1: to you or the same as Peter Cushing? Because that one looked even worse to me. That was more Yeah, apparent.
0: that I thought that one looked bad. Okay. Just personally. Like, I saw that and I'm like, because I already had it in my mind. Like, I know, like, I was just, like, expecting, like, either, you know, somebody who looks like Leia. Right. Or, like, <laughs> shitty CGI. And then, like, I saw the shitty CGI and I like, think that may have, like, amplified the reaction I had to it. Because, like, they introduce her, like, you know, you like, the camera goes into the room, and, like, you just see, you know, her white dress outline. It's, like, hot, fucking Leia. From behind. You yeah. You don't from see her face. And you don't see her face, and then, like, it does, like, another, like, cut away, and then, like, it goes behind her again, and then, like, you know, the dude's handing the little disc to her with the Death Star plans on it, and I'm like, are they even going to show her face, or is it just going to be, like, this little cock tease thing? And, like, it's... <laughs> She turns around at shitty CGI. I'm like, mm, okay, well that was a awful payoff. But the little girl in front of us was, oh my god,
1: bouncing up and down. Yeah. What's on the disc? Hope. Yeah. Directed by Gareth Edwards.
0: Mm. Mm.
2: <laughs>
0: there was some good parts in the movie, despite some of the hatred I have towards it. There's a lot to talk about. Yeah. I, I'm
1: trying to contain my diatribe against the fucking carpetbaggers who have taken one of both of my top sci-fi franchises and destroyed them. So what
0: I will say, <coughs> this movie feels like they just took the Marvel formula and, like, applied it to Star Wars, kind of. Mm-hmm. At least that's how I feel it with it. Because it's like, they're doing the <coughs> yearly thing now, and this is very much a one-off movie. So they had, you know, the little introduction, and then, you know, the... Comic relief's and little, yeah, one-liner things throughout the movie that are just like, oh come on, this is a Star Wars movie. It's like, it, yeah, it, it, I don't. There's like some room for that, but it's not like, it should be everywhere.
1: That was yeah, quip wars. That was yeah. my concern. That it's like, another reason that Joss Whedon should be nailed to a cross in the desert is like that fucking style of writing he has that he's infected Hollywood with. It's like the. What's that robot's name? K K two K two K two
0: something something but K two
1: Yeah K two K two Quiptron
0: Yeah it's e- everything's like a joke. It's just like oh well, there's actually a plot reason because his circuits just are fried, so he just goes off the They're rails. Re- they
1: reprogrammed him to be a rebel droid, so that's why he's funny now. Because the empire is boring. Yeah, it's just like bored by popcorn. It, okay, he's funny because he just says random things. Haha. Did you laugh at anything in the movie? I laughed at one thing.
0: Uh, I... Okay. I, I mean, I I it, unironically
1: it, laughed yes, at one Yes, yes, yes.
0: Okay, let's... <laughs> the one thing I laughed at, or I think I got a chuckle, was um, when the, like, extreme rebels, whatever they were called, um, were, like, putting bags over yes. the guy's heads. And I actually read online. This was actually a, probably the funniest part of the movie for a lot of people. But they put one over the blind monk's head, and he's like, are you fucking serious? <laughs> Like, okay, that's actually pretty good.
1: <laughs> I laughed when he was like, are you serious? I laughed, and then he said, I'm blind, and then I unlaughed because it was like, you just explained the joke.
0: Yes, I I, I it, sort of was like, okay. Yeah. I mean, I think it was one of those things, like, okay, hopefully everyone in the theater is laughing so you don't have to hear the horrible botching of the joke there. <laughs> yeah,
1: it was, it was like that uh, The Simpsons, that's the joke Arnold Schwarzenegger thing. Like, just,
0: yeah. But I mean, like, unironically laughing was just like probably in the last third of the movie when they went to get the Death Star plans, actually. Okay. Like, it was just time and time again. It's just like, how much shit can they throw at the protagonist here to actually, you know, fuck them over? And then I think I got an angry stare from somebody in front of us when I laughed at this. But, like, when they're retreating. Like in jumping into hyperspace. Yeah. A couple of the ships, right as they jump, an Imperial ship jumps in and they run into the ship. Oh, that was hilarious. I was laughing at that. And I think the people in front of me looked back at me like, what the fuck is wrong with you?
1: (laughs) It's pretty, yeah, it's pretty funny. A Star Destroyer comes out of hyperspace and the Rebel ships that are just running up to light speed smash into it and bounce off it and blow up and stuff. And and I laughed. I don't give a fuck. (laughs) I
0: think the people in front of us had were fucking retarded. That was the problem. Yeah, no, and that was a that was a problem I had. I can't remember if did we talked about this before you started or after. Oh, what, what? Talk about what? The the sort of fan service they had in the movie.
1: Uh, I think we've kind of touched on it, but we were talking more about it before we started. Okay, yeah, just
0: like for being supposed to be a standalone Star Wars movie with you know. Little references to things. It just feels like they shoehorned in some references to characters and whatnot that, you know, are recognizable. Because, like, on, um, what is it, Jeva? Jenna? Jedha? Jetta? 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 Um, they had, uh, the two dudes that were in the most Eisley space bar that. Mm-hmm gave Luke some trouble and cut off his arm and cut off the guy's arm later. But like, it doesn't make any sense why they would be there. Like, cause it's like, cause it was in the other star Wars movie. It, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, these people are at this city and then a city gets destroyed like five hours later. So
1: it's like with the, the death star by bounty select size ability. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Which, okay, that's a thing now. That's a thing, apparently. <laughs> um, but it, it just didn't make sense for them to be there. It's just like, you're obviously just throwing that in to, you know, make people go like, oh my God, I recognize them. Ah.
1: I'm a true fan. I know who that is. That's the guy from Star Wars that Obi-Wan Kenobi cuts off with yeah, his I lightsaber. Yeah, I feel like
0: I'm such a hardcore fan because I recognize one person that he, is very memorable from Obi-Wan the original Obi-Wan used his
1: glow sword to get him. He get got him. him.
0: Get him, get him. Yeah. But it's just, and in the three or C3PO and R2D2 little cameo, it's like you made a reference saying, like, well, it doesn't really make sense, like, that they should be there. It's could be an issue with timing wise, but I don't, not a, I think that's okay because they probably got on when they were scrambling the ships. I guess what, bothers but it's just me about like there was that, no reason for them right. to be there. There was like, it was literally just a fan call. I was like, huh. C-P-O. That's what bothers me about it. It's like, oh, good C-3PO
1: and R2-D2. Remember these guys? When, some, some if you toys. wanted to throw them in, you could have had them at the end where the guys are running around Princess Leia's ship trying to, to give yeah, the Yeah, and have them be a background character. Have them like, roll by in the hallway, and c 3 is like, oh, everyone's in such a hurry, and r 2 d is like, bleep, bleep, bleep.
0: Yeah, that would have been a perfectly fine thing, but for them to actually comment on the actions that are taking place in the movie that you're watching, it just feels like... It took me right out of the movie, man. You know what it, it felt me- like to me? What's I that? was
1: thinking of those guys from the Muppet movies, the guys who sit like in the, the, the theater opera box, the two old guys who complain all the time. Oh, and those, are like, those
2: old like, Yeah, it was
1: like, yeah. this, this makes no sense. Like, <laughs> this is for the birds. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. c 3 PO's, like in the opera box, like, why are they going to Sarah if no one tells me anything? <laughs> beep, boop, beep.
0: <laughs> oh, my God, yeah. It, 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 those things just, like, bugged me, and it's like... It's a fine, you know, story without the quips and the random fan service in my opinion, but then like when you throw those in it just hurts the movie more than it helps. I don't know. And I don't know like if that's what they did for the reshoots. <laughs> yeah, that's, ah. I'd like to see the original cut of it personally. Well, I was trying to think when I was watching the movie, I was trying to figure out what they possibly added in the reshoots. Like I'm wondering like You said they added a lot. Like, I didn't know if it was like, maybe they added, you know, K2 or something like that. Or it was
1: 40% of the movie got reshot or something. And
0: the the blind, not a Jedi, (coughs) Jedi guy. Donnie Yen. He was in the original cuts, right? Yes. Okay, so I was like, okay, well, I know he was there, but I don't remember seeing K2 in any of the original material. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention enough, but it was like, was that it? Could that have been? I don't know. But, uh, K2's funny he makes the jokes he had some funny things but it was sort of wore on me very quickly
1: I was done with him by the time that Jin shot the other one who looked like him and he's like did you know that wasn't me like, yeah, that's, other things too just like um, Jin's got a blaster and Captain Andor um, the whatever his name is the guy's like, hey, give me that blaster. You shouldn't have it. And she goes, no, I'm keeping it. And he goes, okay, I guess you can have it. And then the robot's like, you want to know the probability of using that, that? again, felt like a just fan service callback type thing. With him in the cockpit complaining to the Han Solo stand-in, like, do you want to yeah. know the probability of successfully navigating this asteroid field? It, I
0: just, yeah, it just felt like you don't need to do this. Like, so I'm talking about these carpet-bagging fucks. Yeah, it really felt that way. And I thought, like... Okay, whatever, the Han Solo movie, the Boa Fett. I can't, there's not really a lot of callbacks you can do to the Boa Fett lines and whatnot, but, I mean, right. <laughs> it's like the Han Solo movie, I would expect it. This movie, I really wouldn't expect that sort of, you know, just blatant try-hard fan service going on.
1: Are you reminded me of something in Han Solo, the movie there. What's that? Um, shit. So you were talking there's a movie that I, I was recently remind, or exposed to when some people were discussing like the strangeness of casting uh, the the guy that casted for the young Han Solo. there's this movie called Age of Adeline, I think is what it's called that stars Harrison Ford, but also there's a part where he's in the past. I'm, I actually think I watched that. And a the bit guy of it. who's playing him when he's in the past, who's younger, sounds exactly like him and looks exactly like him. Yeah. And I'm wondering, like, is this guy dead or something? When the fuck didn't they cast this guy? Because he doesn't have the action chops. I guess, but yeah, I highly recommend everybody look that movie up. Is it's fucking like you can find the clips on YouTube of like the young guy. It's fucking creepy. Like he has the lopsided smile and everything down pat. <laughs> but instead, they hired some douchebag. I don't even fucking remember who he is.
2: Uh, I remember
0: Alden Ehrenreich. Is that his name? They hired a Nazi. There we go. Okay. Yeah. I remember they hired what's his face. I think he did Community for uh, Lando.
1: Oh, oh, uh, Danny, Glover. Not
2: Danny. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. Donald Glover. <laughs> <laughs> Danny Glover's like eighty. <laughs> Danny
1: Glover as Lando would be fucking hilarious. He'd be like, so. I'm too old for this shit. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be a young <laughs> one? Shut up, Reeves. Black don't crack.
2: Yeah, that's right. You that's could, that's right. Plan. He just
1: needs some lotion and he's good, right? <clears throat> he doesn't want to get ashy. That's yeah.
2: right. <laughs> well, I guess we can look forward to if Rogue One doesn't do as well as Disney wanted it's it to do, then doing... they'll can- maybe
0: cancel the Han Solo movie. It's doing pretty well already, so I don't know. Damn you, Justin.
1: Well, I mean, there's. A, I, at some point, I want to try to explain the plot, but there's just like some goofy shit in there. Like, um, that's also bothered me in The Force Awakens. Like, now traveling through hyperspace is an instantaneous thing. You just go anywhere in five minutes. Because those guys are like, here's the planet that the bad guys are on. Start the bombing run. And all the ships fly away with the that fucking shot of the guy with the macro binoculars and the little, the guard little watchtower. Like, yeah. what the
0: fuck kind of watchtower is that? That's like the worst. Like, I don't know. It just seems. It was a thing from. The I New know it Hope. was a thing from The New Hope. I'm just like, okay. So it's back again, in there. It was a thing, now it's back. I'm, I'm okay with that, because it is actually, you know, what they had a new hope at that base, whatever. But it's just like, that whole concept of like, some dude on a top of a fireman's pole just standing there with binoculars. It seems like there'd be a better way to do that, but...
1: But they showed him every time ships left, like, do you remember this? Huh?
0: Yes, do I ya? do. Fuck off. <laughs> One more
1: time. Here he is. Stop raping my eyes. But then the, the ships are, like, wherever they need to go in five seconds, and it's so confusing.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, the battle was taking place on Seraph, is that what it was called? Well, I'm talking about the planet that was rainy. Where? Oh, oh, that one. Yeah, yeah. and they, it's like, oh, no, they need help. And, like, bam, like, five, ten minutes later, they're there. And it's just like... Yeah. Not like, you know, like you said, in A New Hope in the old Star Wars, where it's like they hop into hyperspace, and it's like, well... Let's take a nap, guys, or, you know, play some weird 3D chess stuff. Yeah, play holo chess. They have time to sit down and talk. And Han Solo's, S- yeah. you know, Luke a little bit with a little laser
2: ball thing. So, like- so either the stuff in Rogue One is bullshit, or we can determine that Han was actually slowing down the hyperspace to charge Obi-Wan and Luke more.
0: He's, like, running up the fair Oh, fare yeah, he's it. like yeah. a taxi driver that, yeah. like, goes around the block. He's running up the <laughs> fair.
2: He's taking you the long way around. I think he's he's
1: working on a flat rate, but I mean it's possible. There's other times though in in those movies where the travel time seems a little longer, but it it just seems like it's 2016, so you gotta be super impatient. You gotta you gotta get it done.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's 2016,
1: guys. Yeah, John Oliver, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you fucking your sister? It's 2016. I've got bad teeth. Look at me. (laughs) I know what the year it is. Oh. Two Star Wars movies have been disappointing in the last 365 days. I wouldn't say this is complete <clears throat> disappointment. I, uh, if you had to pick, would you say it's you'd liked it or disappointed you? Disappointed me if I had to pick between two.
0: I mean, if we're just going on a binary scale, I would say it probably disappointed me less than it actually you know, satisfied. Okay, so question question I asked Clark yesterday,
2: is this better or worse or the same as Force Awakens? It's better than Force Awakens. Okay, so you guys are both consistent <laughs> on that. So that
0: would be interesting for when I watch it, if I feel the same way. No, I don't think there's... I mean, a Force Awakens was the same movie as A New Hope. This was an actual different, you know... Albeit, you know, you already sort of know the conclusion of the movie. There's Uh, a new new story. There's a new story. (laughs) It fills in, you know, 40 year old plot holes and whatnot to, you know, clear up some things and opens up another massive plot hole at the end of the movie a little bit, but which I just think is funny to think about because Darth Vader at the beginning of A New Hope comes in. Leia's like, hey, this is a diplomatic ship. What are you doing? He's like, bitch, I just saw you detach from, you know, that, you know, the main fleet there and fly away. Don't fucking bullshit me. Like... (laughs) Well, that's kind of what he says, anyway. Yeah, I know. It's just like, it's funny to look back on that scene now. It's just like, man, Vader had every right to be pissed off at her. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he was pretty restrained, actually. Yeah. And I mean, he's very restrained compared to the final scene with Vader, which... I know you enjoyed. I think everyone in the theater enjoyed. Where he just goes full on, you know, murdering rampage on all the rebel troops. Yeah, that was awesome. <clears throat> well, I
2: saw, I saw that part and I really liked it because I thought it was respectful in that they didn't make him do any of like the jumping backflip bullshit. No, it and was stuff. just
0: all force power. That right.
2: That. So it was. It was more like he is in the original trilogy with his lightsaber skills and his the way he does combat and stuff, but. I I thought that was it was it was pretty cool where he he shoved the guy up against the ceiling and then uh, slashed him when he was walking forward and killing the other guys that and was then he just neat. like
0: you know goes up to the guy that's like passing the desk through the door and just like stabs him like slashes open the door and whatnot it's just like yeah it works with his you know style of being you know a you know eight foot tall cripple pretty much because it's you know he's slowly walking down the hallway using force powers and just. Murdering everyone that stands in his way. Yeah, and see, if they
2: had made it like he's doing, like, you know, running sideways, like, Matrix-style on the wall and shit like that. You don't even have to say
0: Matrix-style, like, you know, Episode 1 and 2-style. Episode 1 and (laughs) 2-style. Like,
2: if he was doing that stuff still, like, I would be... I would just... I would not watch the copy of the movie because then... I would just know it's bullshit because I know that's not how he was. In the, so I would get that same kind of feeling that you guys had about like the Tarkin thing, or Clark had to, like it, it does not have like the verisimilitude, is what, I guess what they say in Hollywood, that like quality of truth, because I know that's not the way it was in the original. But they yeah. didn't do that, so that was really good. I respect them for that.
0: No, I mean, I don't think they did anything that completely upset, I mean, except the hyperspace thing, that upset sort of what was going to happen in A New Hope. I could be wrong. I'm forgetting something major. He can
1: throw a guy into the ceiling, but he can't grab a floppy disk.
0: Yeah, no, that was sort of bullshit. And I mean, the way he approaches, well, I guess, <clears throat> wait, A New Hope. Let me think of that opening scene. He, Darth Vader actually comes in after the hallway's already cleared, right? The
1: stormtroopers cut the door open and killed everybody, yeah.
0: Yeah, okay. So yeah, he didn't actually do any fighting in that scene. So
1: using okay. lightsabers was really expensive in the late seventies. Now anybody can do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference.
2: But see, he did. I mean, I just like how he didn't have to move at all. And they were just firing at him and he, he had the skills to just yeah, use just, one hand to just deflect everything. And he was killing, just like, killing the guys with their own ricochet. It bolts. was a joke to him. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah.
0: It honestly felt like almost like a horror movie in a star Wars universe. Like, cause he just like comes in from the blackness, his lightsaber lights up and everyone's just like, Oh fuck. And just like, yeah, it feels like, you know, a hallway of murder. I mean, you never played Metal Gear, but there's a one a scene in the first game where it's just like you walk down this hallway and there's just, you know, people in blood covering every sort of corner and wall of it.
1: He reminded me of Jason. It was like a horror movie.
2: Well, he's basically got his hockey mask anyway. That's what I mean.
1: Like, it's this masked guy with a, a sword, knife, whatever, just slaughtering people who are trying to ineffectually defend themselves. I thought it was pretty great.
0: No, I mean, it, it was really great. Guy. I was kind of hoping he was going to kill the team of
1: commandos instead of, you know, eight of them dying from grenades because the writers are fucking lazy.
0: Oh, that. Yeah. I mean, that I, I'll actually say this. It was refreshing to watch this movie. Not, I mean, they all were minor characters. Yeah. And that fact made it so I wasn't sure if they were going to live or die at any given point in time. Okay. I, that's just how I I, I sort of like that. It's just like, oh, is, you know, random monk Jedi blind dude going to die now or is he going to make it through the end of the movie and go live out his days on, you know, a blind person farm? I don't know.
1: <laughs> I was pretty sure they were all going to die. I fucking knew he was going to die when he, he did the dumb sacrifice. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, at that point, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm pretty sure this guy is going to die, but it's you still had like, some questions for the other characters. It's just like... Are they going to be able to, like, get off the planet, maybe? Or are they, like, you know... I mean, if it was, you know, actual, you know, numbered Star Wars movie, it'd be, you know, Luke down there, like, pew, 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 and then, like, he'd, like, escape at the last minute on this little shuttle that flies off with, you know, laser shooting behind him, but they're all missing. Or as these guys, it's like, oh, they get shot, and they're fucking done. Or a grenade goes next to them, and they don't just get blown away. I just remembered something. Okay. Sorry, I'm jumping around here. <coughs> Go for it. Anyway. Yes. There was a scene on the rainy Imperial planet. Can't remember the name. Rainy planet. Rainy planet. But basically... Edu. Edu. Yeah. Um, Jen's father gets killed by an exploding shuttle. Yes. When the rebels come in and start shooting stuff, and it explodes behind him, and he gets thrown forward. Yes. He's on the ground all crippled. His hands are up, shriveled like a bug. Yeah. Still alive a little bit. Somehow, okay. And then Jen's running around trying to dodge lasers and, you know, stay alive for a little bit. And once it comes down, she sees her father, like, oh my God, father. As, you know, one of the Imperial shuttles, you know, gets loaded up and. I know what you're going to say. Takes off and blasts away. She gets knocked back. And he stays put. He stays put. (laughs) Little, you know. Curled up, bug fingers, whatnot, all in the same position. It's just like you were next to him; like you would, the both bodies would get blown back. That's just lazy. It's what I, it's called.
2: <laughs> Justin laughed so hard he started
0: coughing. Yeah. It's true, though. No, I mean, it is. It's, it's
1: like the people at HBO spending $3 million on a Game of Thrones episode, but they couldn't put a fan in front of Amelia Clark flying on her fucking dragon. <laughs> Just her with perfectly straight, lank hair on the dragon flying around the city. There'd be that, some fucking wind blowing. That's actually um, a Targaryen genetic thing. Oh, that okay. Is. Straight hair? Is it like Mads Mikkelsen was actually a Jedi holding himself still to the ground with his mystic force powers? From his fucking rock hideout? out? That a retard could have known was there? She, a kid's eyeballs in a big fucking hole? Yeah, it, it, that was a little... And it, uh, Ben Mendelson, Director credits. evil robot troops are programmed to be idiots. They have, like, gene therapy to get an extra chromosome. Like, oh, there's no one in the cave here. I mean, blah, 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 blah. You know, we sound like robots because we're spooky and our comm system makes us sound like robots.
0: Not to mention you'd think, you know, with those masks they'd have some sort of, you know, heat sensor or whatever to, like, yes. you know... Hey, cold rocks. This is kind cold of cold rocks. A... Oh, one little square with you know warmth coming yeah, out of it. One fucking super
1: hot square with two eyeballs. Ah, it's probably a rock.
2: So they didn't use their splinter cell gear.
0: <laughs> oh
1: no, it, it, it. that was. <laughs> they didn't use their brains, or like those stormtroopers on tropical planet. Saying, oh, did you hear the T-15 is going to be discontinued? Well, it's about time. <laughs> I remember that reference. <laughs> I'm a true fan. I'm going to buy a T-shirt now. <laughs>
0: that was actually one of the more obscure references. but Yes, I know. But it was in there so people yeah. could be like, look well, get it because they say the T-16 because they talk about the on the Death Star. Mm. Yeah, it was.
2: The uh, T-16. Yeah. What are those again? Uh,
1: basically, when. The um, Skyhopper thing that Luke flies. He's talking about how it's like the new thing you can get, well, and the stormtroopers on the Death Star when Obi Wan's turning off the tractor beam are like, "Hey, did you hear about the new T 16
2: Yeah. Oh, it's supposed. To, I never. Okay, so that's the the skyhopper that yeah. he that never shows up, but he's there's toys of it. He references it. I have it. one. Yeah. But uh, so that's just the thing he uses for sport. It's like a sport fighter.
1: Yeah, but the yeah. stormtroopers are talking about it like you know. Did you see they're making a new Corvette?
2: Oh.
0: Okay. I thought that was a gun model or something, but whatever, it doesn't matter. Apparently it's a ship.
2: When like an Empire <laughs> Strikes Back, they talk about T forty sevens and then they talk about some like model of Land Speeder too when Luke has to sell his land speeder and he's complaining about it and because he didn't get much money, I guess. Yeah, he sold it to Watto. No. Yeah. Watto is in Mos Espa. They went to Moss Eisley. Maybe Watto moved shop. And as you remember... Yeah, maybe he... Uh, no, 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 no. As you remember in episode two, Watto was ruined financially. He's, you see him, and remember, they go into the town in episode two, and Watto's like a fucking beggar on the street, and he's like, oh, little Annie. Uh, is it he's maybe like he turned huge, his life around. You
0: don't know. Yeah.
2: I'm um, pretty sure he died a penniless <laughs> beggar.
1: <laughs> he could have gotten a seed investment and turned his life around.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, you don't know. He could be the biggest junk dealer in the in the planet now. The Huts gave him a second chance. Yeah, Java gave him a loan. He could be the biggest <laughs> junk dealer on the planet. That would have been well, a better fucking. No, movie. that we'll that never fucking,
0: know. Uh, a New Hope Part Two is actually the biggest junk dealer on the planet now. Oh yes, but that's on
2: another planet. Oh wait, that's that isn't a... Jakku. Jakku. Oh, fucking forgot. Yeah, that's on Gorbalor.
0: It's on Not Tatooine. Not tattooing, I forgot. Not yeah. tattooing. That, that's what N- the plan is.
2: Plot is the, the big junk dealer guy with like the funny <laughs> sausage hands and stuff. Yeah. Little sausage that's, thing. <laughs> yeah, and, and people bring him junk <laughs> in exchange for like like bread. nasty bread mold shit that they make with water or something. Oh, I don't I don't know I don't what know. she was eating in there, but it was absolutely disgusting. Uh, half a ration, that's what it was. Anyway, back to Rogue One.
0: Yes. Yeah. You want to try to explain the plot? Um, Quit wars. <laughs> and not in an apt title. Okay, so basically, there is this scientist guy who is basically Werner von Braun. And
1: I, I, I would like to say something first, though. Yes. I am taking credit for my prediction being accurate that this movie was written by Bane from The Dark Knight Rises. Okay.
0: All right. Anyway, so he's living his life as a retired, you know, scientist of death. On a little farming plot in the middle of nowhere, with you know his wife and child, and then the Imperials come and said, "Hey, we need another V two rocket. Next big thing, a V three rocket, even Death Star sized one." So he's like, "I don't, I don't do that anymore, man. I'm living the life of peace, prosperity. It's great. It's like, no, fuck you. You're coming. Your kids are coming as hostages. Your wife's coming too." Wife tries to kill him, blah, 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 wife dies, kid runs away, he still gets taken to build the Death Star, little kid grows up, hating pretty much everyone, just a total edgelord. She has a
1: magic necklace, though.
0: Yeah, she has a magic necklace, which I don't understand how that came of any use to her during the entirety of the movie.
1: Did you notice that her mom tied it around her neck and then it instantly appeared inside of her clothing? It was never outside, never had to pull her hair around it, just like Yeah, magic. I noticed that.
0: Um, But... I don't really get what it did during the movie. Anyway. Nothing. Nothing. Nothing.
1: Other than make blind Donnie Yen say, like, oh, you
0: have a crystal on your neck. Yeah, that was it. Anyway. (laughs) um, (laughs) A kyber crystal. Yeah. Yeah. So she grows up, ends up in a slave labor camp somehow or another. Under an assumed name. Yeah. Then gets broken out by the rebels under the guise of, hey, we want to get in touch with this, you know, other rebel group that is kind of extremist and we don't really like them. But the rebels know who she is. Yes. But the
1: empire that's keeping her in
0: the prison camp doesn't. Right, for some reason. For some reason. Because their intel's poor. I don't know. Anyway, so they're like, we're breaking you out. You're going to go meet up with this dude. And then we're going to kill him because he's being a thorn in our side and not really helping our cause. That was the plan on the rebel side. They end up getting there sooner or later, one way or another,
1: and they go to Jeddah. But don't they go to Yavin first to talk about this?
0: Well, she gets sort of whisked away from the Imperial or from the Imperial work camp to Yavin.
1: Yeah, and then they have the council sort of thing where they talk about it and Jimmy Smith shows up.
2: And then they form the Fellowship of the Ring and
1: Pretty uh, I mean more <laughs> or less. The no the second time they go to the council is when the Fellowship of the Ring gets formed.
0: But... Yeah. But, I mean, they are on Yavin for a bit. They introduce not Han Solo and not C-3PO. Um, and they, they
1: have General Extremist Guy. Yes, and yeah. they have...
0: Well, no, he's General Extremist Guy. He's on Jeddah.
1: No, General Extremist Guy is the guy who's telling not Han Solo, like, you have to kill...
0: Him. Oh, yeah, they take not Han Solo aside saying, you know, hey, this... Guy, you're going to go meet is kill on sight. Fucking
1: smoke this guy! Don't even talk to him. Just kill him.
0: So they go to Jedha, which is actually under imperial <coughs> siege, kind of, or not siege, but it's
1: occupation. Occupation. Jedha Je- and, and the the Jedha, the temple. Yes, Jedi temple. Jedi. Did you see the big Jedi on Jedha with the Jedi lightsaber? Yeah. Sword? So
0: the Jedha is apparently the place where the main force temple is
1: the guardians of the wills which yes. as we found it last time were the intergalactic immortal creatures george lucas said were writing star wars down as
0: their journals anyway hey, fuck you all right that <laughs> shit's in the ether now so anyway yeah they're basically they're dismantling the whole temple and stealing all their force crystals to power the death star the, the, yeah the, they another thing they take all the the kyber crystals
1: yeah. from the one place they can get them and then the Death Star is under construction for like twenty years at this point. But they need the power source at the
0: last ninety-nine percent. They, they've
1: just now gotten the idea to use these kyber crystals, and then they build the second Death Star like in six months. With what and they, kyber
0: crystals?
1: Where did they get them from? Yeah, they go vacuum them up from Yavin. That they just
0: fly around with big nets and. In yeah, grabbing, in like big butterfly neck. in the like <laughs> scrap pile that is, you know, the Death Star One that they took like <laughs> right like a the... giant like Kuiper crystal magnet through there and just like got them all. Like, yeah, it's sort of ridiculous. Anyway, they're in Afghanistan. Yeah, um, they you know have a little tiff with the Imperials. There, but there's then... the,
1: the the very much like suicide bomber Taliban kind of ambush thing.
0: <laughs> That's. I was like, ooh, are you really gonna are you guys gonna do this? I mean, these are you're talking like cell phone bombs here almost. Like right. there's guys like with turbans and like
1: just trying to take the stuff from the wrecked, you know, not American tank and like shouting at the hostages in an unintelligible language and battering them with their guns and oh, Yeah, okay. so
0: I mean more or less the they do sort of, you know, beat the Imperials. Al Qaeda beats yeah, the Imperials. I- Al Qaeda beats the Imperials and then are the heroes, you know, they get whisked away to the extremist rebels? Tora Bora. Yes. When they meet Osama. B- basically, yeah. <laughs> um, not, not
1: joking in any way.
0: But then, I mean, plot twist Osama got a message from Jen's father saying, hey, I built in a huge flaw into the Death Star. You know, just go to this planet, steal the plans and you blowed up the Death Star, pretty much.
2: Okay, so are they just relying on his father, like, exclusively for the well, all things Death Star? Because you think they would have noticed this thing that he built into it? Well, he the way he said he said... Nobody checks his work.
0: Yeah, basically because he is the head engineer. Like, all, you know, the buck stops with him, so everything he says gets done. So he's like, you know, I built a very, very small flaw into the system where if you, you know, shoot a small pressurized bomb in this compartment everything goes Okay. so he's like but I did this because you know the Imperials killed my wife they took away my daughter I don't know where she is I just hate them so I've just you know pretended to be you know the good Imperial scientist but he's
1: such a good actor the Imperials didn't know
0: yeah so he just says like you know I'm doing this to as my revenge pretty much that is what I my life work has been at this point
2: all right, so continue. They're in Tora Bora with Yeah,
0: so then you know the Imperials get a little tiff that you know they got you know their balls kicked by the rebel, the extremist rebels. So like we're just gonna blow up Jeddah, but we're gonna turn down from eleven on the Death Star to maybe a one or two and just blow up the city because we
2: can't do eleven
0: yet. Or, no, no, no they, they, just they're they, just they, like it's, it's a field test, pretty much select fire. Okay. All right, so the Death Star is in orbit of this
2: Jetta place. Yes, yeah. Okay, at least that makes sense. Because it it, they get they're getting the crystals and they're taking them up there.
0: And well, talking. I don't think the Death Star was there yet, but it comes. But it comes. Like, okay. there's actually one point where Osama's talking, and like it appears in the background. So it sort of comes over their horizon. So it is able to travel.
2: Yeah.
1: And Grand Moff Tarkin's CGI PS2 Grand Moff Tarkin is <laughs> like, I'm taking over now. Yeah. And what,
2: can you play the PS2 noise? <laughs> <laughs> I can't even remember.
1: <laughs> <The> little PlayStation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He says, "I'm taking over now," and and Ben Mendelssohn's like, "No, it's my project. Fuck you." And Grand Moff Tarkin's like, "No, I have more colored dots in my uniform." Ha 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 ha.
0: Single fire. Single reactor ignition. Yeah, I I know you don't work in, you know, an office environment, but I I could just totally see someone like coming in as a project manager like, you know, when a project's almost done he's like, "Hey, uh, you know, you're being moved to another team. Uh, I'm going to take over this project. That's going to be, you know, our new flagship product." Okay, <laughs> that makes sense to me though.
2: That 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 was never a question in my mind because it was just Tarkin was always in command of the thing and it was his project and a new hope, but so that answered a question that nobody ever had, I think. Yes, I took that, my sock off. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I just thinking, like, that. that is such a typical story, though. That makes so much sense that, like, somebody would just come in from above and take it from the person who's uh, yeah, really it, been responsible for it. At <laughs> yeah, At
1: the end of episode three, he's the one who's overseeing the construction of, like, the superstructure, the skeleton.
2: Right, so that just makes me think, like, hmm, like, Krennic, you know, just had some weird ideas that he was going to be in charge and Tarkin just kind of disabused him of that pretty handily. But then
1: Tarkin's talking about in this movie like, oh, well, we're going to tell the Emperor about this and he doesn't know it's complete yet. <laughs> he, he fucking saw you start the goddamn thing 20 years ago. I mean, he's, he's not retarded. Like, <laughs> he's going to be like, hey, Grandma Tarkin, it's been 20 years.
2: Yeah. What's up? I think they were mad though because they didn't want to reveal the station its existence because the emperor was making his plan to disband the Senate like he does in A New Hope. So this is obviously like within days of that.
1: That's what they tell. That's what Tarkin says to Ben Mendelssohn Is like, oh, we're just gonna say it was a mining accident. The Senate doesn't know anything about this.
0: Yeah. So basically, they said, yeah, Jeddo was destroyed by a mining accident, but it also, you know, destroyed the city and the extremist rebel base outside the city. As you know, our heroes fly away in a. The dwarves
2: oh they God. they mine too Space. deep. There's there's a, a
1: wave of planetary crust that comes over their ship, and they not Han Solo, though. yeah, not Han Solo. You does hyperspace within the gravity of an of a planet, which I think is one of the rules you can't do in Star Wars, but apparently you
2: can. Maybe he used the phasing cloak from the USS Pegasus. <sighs>
1: I don't know. Maybe it was the power
2: of love. I have no yeah. idea. But yeah. it was the
1: will of the force. There We'll go with that. Because the crystal was there. So the crystal yeah. made the ship fly faster. Anyway. Anyway, they
0: escape. Continue, Justin.
1: You're doing a good job. Some so, ice yes.
0: Ice. They, I believe, at that point, they decided to go to Edo. Was that it? Or no. Yeah, because the message leads Eda? them to
1: Edo. Edu. Leads them to the rainy planet.
0: Yes. So they go to Edu. They actually see Jen's father there. Not Han Solo actually went there planning to shoot him in the head. But then could he have. Could have, but then he had a change of heart. Meanwhile, Ben Mendelssohn Yeah. Anyway. Um, I forget his name. Krennic. Krennic. Yeah. Krennic is actually there confronting... Um, you can call him Kramer if you want, like Michael Richards. He just loses his temper. Krennic is there actually confronting Jen's father and the other scientists that worked on the Death Star project, basically saying, you know, there's been a breach because there was a message that was delivered from a cargo ship to these rebel extremists. Oh, yeah, there's, there's one And little... it came from somewhere on the, you know, scientists. She The the,
1: the message gets to Osama bin Laden because there's a one little scene where an Imperial defector gives
0: him a USB
1: drive. Yes. With them that We forgot to mention that.
0: Yeah, so... Basically, you know, Krennic is saying, hey, you got one of you guys did sent out the plant, sent out this, you know, communication to rebel extremists. Tell me who it is, and you know, they'll die. Or, you know, you don't tell me who it is, and you're all die. So, you know, Jen father is standing off to the side, just like, Ugh, fuck, how was it when he did that? Um, not gonna say anything, not gonna say anything, see how this plays out. And it's like, okay, you're all gonna die, fire. He's like, no, 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 don't fire. It was me. It was me. Yeah, at that point, you know, I think the rebels came in and started blasting up the place. No, no, he says it was
1: me, and then Ben Mendelssohn makes the Stormtroopers kill all the scientists anyway. Yes. And Hannibal, Jin's father, is like, oh, what would you do that for? And then he's like, you're coming back with me, and we're going to finish the Death Star together. Mm-hmm. You're going to tell me all about your master plan. How yeah. does
2: it make you feel, Orson? Awesome?
1: Then the rebel
0: backup came in at that point and started blasting yeah. up the
1: place. Yes, and Donnie Yen uses his crossbow to shoot a TIE fighter into a gun turret.
0: Yeah, so there's a little, you know, action sequence there, you know. Mostly the rebels blowing up the base there. Yeah, it's trapped Taking bombs. pretty much a victory, you would yeah. you'd say. There wasn't a huge amount of loss on the rebel side. And Jen had a little, you know, heart to heart with her father her dying father. And, yeah, I think that was pretty much the scene there. Pretty much all they got from that was, oh, hey, my dad's dead. I guess we should follow up on that, getting the Death Star plan stuff now.
1: Well, he tells her that the Death Star plans are all hidden. The The one record of the place they'd be is on Scarif, which
0: is where the Empire keeps all of their information. I thought they already knew it was on Scarif from the hologram message he sent out because they were having a little argument saying, well, where do we go now? It's like, we can go to... Edu or we can go to Scarif. Well, oh, okay. let's go to Edu. I
1: already forgot because I didn't really care. Oh, okay. But, but anyway. And, yeah, they they ended up going back to Yavin 4.
0: Yeah, they go back to Yavin 4, basically bringing to the council saying, hey, we've been told, or, you know, the information that the Imperials lead scientists sent out saying, you know, there's a flaw in the Death Star, and we need to go steal their plant from pretty much well, they bre- CI headquarters of... They King revealed the Death Star to them,
1: because the council's like, some of them are like, we should go kill it, and other people are like, no, we shouldn't.
0: We should still hide in a little hole
1: and... We should give up, more. and the one guy who's like, we should just sue for peace, the one guy is <laughs> yeah, saying that right. we should just sue for peace and get away with it. They'll let us back in. It won't be a problem. Yeah. He turns out to be a liar. Mm-hmm. But Jack, we can cut a deal. Pretty much, yeah. And, and then the the uh, the Expendables get together. Yeah. So
0: basically, <laughs> you know, after the plan to go to Scarif gets shot down, pretty much, Jin and some others, not Han Solo, get you know. What is that line from Game of Thrones? Ten good men. Fifteen good men?
1: Oh, 20 good men. 20 good men? Yeah, 20 good men to take on Stanis' army of 3 million people. We'll just go in their camp and burn all their
0: supplies. God, if there was something that bugged me more than anything else in the show, that would be it. A veteran military commander cannot defend against a night attack, like not station, you know, patrols and whatnot around camp at night. It's just like, are you fucking serious? Like, that is... Not what Stannis is about. Anyway, 20 good men go to CIA headquarters of the Imperials, pretty much. Um, and because they took a uh, imperial cargo, cargo ship they're able to get past the planetary Shield. They land there, they start, you know doing their solid snake shit, sneaking around a little bit, start placing bombs to wreak havoc. So, I mean, basically, the whole plan is for Jin, not Han Solo, and K2 to go into the main base, get the plans, and all the other rebels to actually, you know, sort of cause, you know, misinformation and chaos outside to draw all the troops there so they don't have to deal with them inside. Okay, whenever that works. So, pretty much, as they land and, you know, shit starts going down, somehow the rebels back on Yavin hear about it, and they're like, Oh, fuck. Let's send our troops there and get there in two and a half minutes.
1: Yes. I, I forget how they hear about it. I can't remember.
0: I, I, I'm i blanking on that too. There is
1: one part that I like there there is where the, because all the people who get staffed there look like they're just nerds who read people's mail all the time. And then the rebels start blowing up their bombs on the landing pads. And everybody in the command center is like, oh my God, what's going on? And then, then Director Kranich loses shit. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Go out there and see what's going on. Like, Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Are you guys Imperial officers or what? And they're like, oh, well, okay. go get it.
0: Yeah, I know, but there was actually, I kind of, this is the part of the movie I actually liked. I mean, more so than the rest of the movie, because it actually felt like a battle, because, like, you had the people operating the radios on Imperial frequencies saying, like, oh, yeah, we need help at Doc 2, and Doc 2 like, completely clear of any, you know, sort of trouble. But then, you know, the director's like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we got to send people to dock too. You know, send, you know, a battalion down there or something like that. It's just like, that's actually kind of cool. It's like, you know, they're fucking with, you know, the battle strategy at that point, And you're actually seeing that happen in real time. It's an actual, you know, Star Wars part. It's not just Luke and Leia's super fun adventure part. Anyway.
1: Better than the Clone Wars, though. Yeah. Not just CGI blobs smashing each other in a computer. Yeah. No,
0: I mean, I I actually, you know... It felt like, you know, an actual battle with, you know, the chaotic elements of battle yeah. in it. So I thought that was actually The fog cool. of war. You yeah. don't know what's going on. And I mean, again, there was a cool scene. I mean, it was kind of fangirl clap again. But it was when the uh, walker came out of, like, the fog starting to shoot them. Yeah. I, th- I thought that was kind of cool, albeit a little fanservice-y. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was like the fog of war inside this battle. It, was, it just... I appreciated that, how it actually made into the movie, not just, you know, action figures smashing into each other. There was a little bit of that, but yeah, it wasn't too bad. Anyway. I like
1: the Walker v. X-Wing. Walker v. X-Wing. Where the other Chinese guy shoots it with a rocket and it doesn't do anything. He's like, oh, shit, and then X-Wing blows it up. Yeah. Contrasting to Empire Strikes Back, where the snow speeders, like, can't do shit to them and their big laser guns they have just kind of bounce off their armor.
0: Well, I mean, it may have been a direct result of this battle that they improved the armor on the walkers.
1: Oh, I took—I was very happy to see that actually because it was mentioned in one of the books that are now not canon that, mm-hmm. like, that the snowspeeders were grossly unmatched, but the X-wings would just melt them. So, I, I thought that was oh, cool. really okay. That's, yeah, it was cool. They—they they did something different there, so I'll give aren't, them credit. Aren't they
2: different kinds of walkers too is what I've read. That these walkers aren't. Like the ones that landed on Hoth, they're like special kinds for construction or something. Mm, That's, I didn't get that. I mean, they, they were have like weaponized. The gold panels on the sides or something.
1: The gold panels just look like. Basically, they plug that middle section in, depending on what kind of stormtroopers they have, is what it looked oh, like.
2: Well, that's that's what I've been reading because apparently they're gonna. There's like a new toy based on this new kind of walker. It's basically the <laughs> same walker, right? But everything that I've been reading says that these are specifically for construction, so they aren't as heavily armed and armored as like assault walkers. They're like ATACTs or something. Of course,
0: yeah. I don't know what so they were constructing
2: on the planet did look like a very construction Dana library
0: you, place it's already done it's fucking <laughs> it's actually, there i mean building more islands or something anyway <laughs> so i don't remember the bits and pieces of the battle i mean it's you know it was kind of it was a fun watching the battle i'll say that much anyway they go in they get the death star hard drive thing can we
1: talk about how stupid that is just real quick
0: that that whole like it's a giant you know tower in the middle of a endless fall to get hard drives on a wall type thing yeah
1: and the empire keeps all their shit on fucking hard drives i mean really maybe
0: you don't know i know come on really i mean yeah you're right tape storage is a lot better for long term you're right
1: no but the robot says you can get the fucking tape
0: oh does he, actually he says say you can tape? get the tape out yeah and i'm like what the fuck and then at the end
1: it's on this little like super futuristic thin silicon wafer but it was on a big ass hard drive tape thing
0: I mean, okay, but tape storage is, you know, the the gold standard for, you know, long-term, you know, not read often type storage. I guess, man. You don't know. You weren't there. You've never dealt with a real problem, Clark.
1: I haven't, but I am looking something up to make sure I'm remembering this correctly. Yeah, okay. All right. Another thing I wanted to talk about is they're in the, they're in the data core thing that has this dumb fucking... Yeah. Grabber it, arm system. Yeah, like, it
0: looks like a fucking claw game Yeah, exactly. for like <laughs> accessing data. It's just like really? And
1: That's... they're like scrolling through like, is it this part? Is it this part? They're going through all the different parts of the Death Star, and then it's like, oh no, this file's named after my father's pet nickname for me. It must be the exhaust system. But in a new hope, they say we have a complete technical readout of the battle station, which implies they got everything.
0: I thought that I mean
1: No, they only get the reactor system.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. That's why they're looking through it, like going through the different parts. Like, is it the defense system? No. There was, okay, so that part, I was actually kind of curious if I was missing something because they went through a lot of code names for different projects. And I wasn't sure if there were any code names that they threw out there that I just, that went over my head that were like in some, you know, extended universe type thing, legends that maybe become canon dark saber was thrown out but that, that is that
2: might just it was uh that's a legend
1: it now. was it was a legend but the idea was that one of the, the huts would steal the plans for the death star but since he was a cheapskate he only built the super laser part so it was like a giant lightsaber like a, just a big cylinder and he built it on the cheap it's slave labor so when he fired it it blew up because he was a fuck up <laughs> <laughs> so i don't think it's the same thing but the that just sounds cool oh, okay no i don't I, none of those names ring a bell for me, but it was just like again, like the thousand generations, thousand years thing that George Lucas fucked up in his own movies mm-hmm. did they get a complete technical readout, or did they get one little tiny part of it hmm. it's, yeah, it's kind of an important difference, really eh. no, because in a new plot. hope, they say like we had a complete technical readout and we've an- we have analyzed it, and we found one little flaw, not hey, we knew about this flaw that. Mads Mickelson planned, and his daughter told us about it before she got blown up in a big shockwave explosion on an ocean planet.
0: Okay, okay, okay. You know what? I can, I can, I can play devil advocate here and explain that for you. Leia, is she, is, she just got dragged into this by her father, and you saw this in the movie. Her father saying, oh, you all get Leia in on this. Luke is there as a newbie. Han's there as a newbie to the reb, whole rebel thing. So the rebels are actually waving their dicks saying, we're better than you think we are. We're like advanced scientists. We found this awesome you know, flaw through thousands of man hours, not just you know, going there you know, doing a little bit of espionage. We're the fucking smart people here. You don't want to deal with the dummies in the imperial group. I don't buy it.
2: I don't buy it. Either. Sounds, I don't buy that. That sounds like a <laughs> little fuck off.
0: A little much
2: explanation for for that. Yeah, whatever. I just don't like the fact that they built up this answering the supposed plot hole that, you know, Mads Mickelson built the flaw into the Death Star because in a New Hope, so the original Star Wars, the reason why that was there I thought George Lucas always intended it to be a symbol of how the empire was so arrogant and just so self-assured of their own superiority and that the rebels could never possibly win against them, that they just did not care about that stuff, that they didn't even build, like they said, they didn't even build in like a fighter defense really because... But I
0: mean, it seems a little, I don't know, ridiculous that there is actually a piece of the system that is able to chain react and blow up a moon sized object. But the to me that's
2: why it was there. Like that's why Lucas wrote it in there as part of the plot to show just how like I said I mean, yeah, just, you, you just can, how arrogant the Empire I feel like is
0: like it's never stated though. Like you can say, Oh yeah, that is one interpretation of, you know, before this movie was out, you could say, Oh yeah, the you know the Empire was just very arrogant and But they, it is stated. It is At
1: the, when the admirals are meeting, and he's like, well, "You know, this battle station will cement our superiority, and you know, we'll bring the systems under direct control. You don't need to worry about any of your faggy force shit, Lord Vader. This this battle station represents Imperial power." And Vader's like, "Oh, you know, don't be too proud of your technological terror. It's insignificant."
0: Well, they never say that it is a known flaw, in that you know they're just like, "Well, it is," you know. Well, the but, one guy says it. Does well, he? later.
2: The, no, in that meeting of like the, you know, whatever, the joint chiefs of staff, is whatever. whatever they are, uh, the one guy with the huge sideburns, I don't remember his name, but he's the one who says, like, oh, yeah, like, well, you should be more concerned because what if they get these plans and they find a vulnerability or something like that, and... You know, and then that arrogant dude that Vader chokes is like, you know, you know, oh, the rebels are a threat to your, like, fleet, you know, not to this battle station, blah, blah, blah. It's like they don't even consider the possibility.
1: But they did, they ran, they obviously ran some kind of, Effort later because the guy comes to off Tarkin and he's like, We've analyzed their attack pattern and it looks like they're onto something. You should leave.
2: Right. But I just see that guy as a plot device. Like he's coming and he's, you know, that little voice of reason. And, you know, Tarkin is supposed to be like the epitome of like the technocratic but, I mean, it's, guy of the it's, empire. It,
0: it reminds me of uh, if you've ever read accounts of, uh, was it Challenger? Was that the one that had the, the teacher on it that blew up? Yeah. Okay. Um, there were act like you can go back and read uh, things from the engineers. They actually went to the directors at NASA, pretty much saying, "Do not launch. You cannot launch tomorrow. It is not it. The conditions for launch are just they won't work for us." They're like it's like, "Well, we already have you know the president saying shit the day before, so we have to launch," and that sort of shit. So and, and that sort of. I don't remember that part of A New Hope, but, I mean, it sounds a lot like that, where it's like, you know, there's there might be an issue. You can't just say, you know, whatever. it be fine. But it's not fine. Well, and Tarkin
2: <laughs> talks this really big game in A New Hope, too, in that same meeting where he's like, oh, this is what we're going to do. We're going to get the plans back. Don't worry about it, dog. Like, then we're going to crush the rebellion with one swift stroke, and he's totally in control. So I have no qualms about believing that, They all, in that room, besides that one guy who is the voice of reason, think that the station is completely invincible, that the rebels are just this ill-equipped band, that them in the Rogue One movie, all the stuff they do is a a fluke, Mm -hmm. and that they have no chance, so why, they don't, they wouldn't have cared about the fact that they had to have this thermal exhaust port thing and it's vulnerable, and it's like, oh, they're not even going to get close enough to make a difference about that, so we don't need to worry and Vader's the only guy who like sees the problem and gets out there and says well yeah we've got to actually fight them ship to ship Mm -hmm. and I guess he's like totally independent because it seems like Tarkin controls him in the first movie or tells him what to do but he can still just decide when he's gonna go out in his fighter
0: well I mean (laughs) if you want to consider the prequels you know somewhat you know reliable you know Anakin was a good fighter pilot, so.
1: And a good friend.
0: And a good friend. (laughs) Thought I cut off his legs and arms. (laughs) (laughs) Cut off his legs
1: and
2: arms and died. And and I have seen the Darth Vader scene, so that's another question I have just real quick is like, so it seems like yeah. he built his little castle on Mustafar. You, yes,
1: you yes. For, we forgot that in the plot summary. Oh, yeah, yeah, Which we didn't actually finish, so we'll get back to that in a minute.
0: But, but yeah. Why it, does he build his little castle on Mustafar? I, okay, so I read one theory about this <laughs> online. He built it on Mustafar, or a Mustafar-like place, because it basically looks like, you know, Mordor. It has lava, it has a giant tower, the eye's missing at the top. Honestly, it looked like something out of Lord of the Rings. Anyway, he built it there possibly to strengthen his ties with the dark side because basically being there reminds him of obi-wan and you know how he thinks obi-wan killed his wife and all the pain that you know the jedi order had brought him so it strengthens his ties to that Dark side that he is embracing. Now.
1: But Ben Mendelssohn comes there in a shuttle after Graham Moff Tarkin says, I'm in charge of this project. And
0: he's like, but Vader, he's trying to take my my Death Star and take credit for it.
1: It's my project. I did it. It's mine. I'm going to kill the rebels. And Vader just chokes him a little bit.
2: Maybe he just had a flashback to how whiny he was as Anakin and just, (laughs) not again. (laughs) Darth
1: Vader fucking chokes him when he's leaving. Cause he's like, Oh, I guess you'll talk to the emperor for me then and sort this out. And then he starts choking and Vader turns around and says like, be careful not to choke on your ambitions. Wink and then releases him. Yeah, and
0: that is the point of the movie where, like, I physically felt pain, and then all I could think of at that moment was Vader doesn't even know that he's a father, and he's making the worst dad joke you could imagine. Like,
1: that's what I'm saying. It's like the fucking Bane dialogue. It's just it's it's awful.
0: The Bane dialogue. It's the Marvel quip dialogue. It just it's Bane meets quips. Like it's the. Don't choke on your ambition. Wink, wink. <laughs> for you.
1: Oh, that's what was missing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, we have to go back to our plot summary. So. They get the hard drive that Jin has a convenient belt hook for. Somehow. Yeah. Not
0: Han Solo. Okay, other thing really bugged me. Not Han Solo gets shot. He falls down. You think he's dead. Jin keeps climbing up to go broadcast the signal to the. Climbing the hard drives, by the way. Yeah. Climbing the hard drives. Going to go up to this uh, radio tower to broadcast a signal. Not Han Solo gets shot by Ben Mendelsohn. Some, oh, fuck, I, his name just goes out of my head. Again, that's the Marvel thing. I can't remember any of the villains. Can't remember the villain name of this thing. So it's they're fucking Marvel movies now.
2: Just call him Baron Zemo. Okay. Anyway.
1: Ben Mendelsohn shoots Not Han Solo. Yeah,
0: right? Not Han Solo falls down. Jen keeps climbing. She goes through this little acrobatic, you know star wars or star trek-esque you know little no no that's star wars what
1: star wars that's the same door that was on the millennium falcon when they go to get luke off the bottom of cloud city
0: oh well no it just reminded me of you mentioned something in when we were watching uh galaxy quest that there's like this random just area of just like crushers and whatnot for no fucking reason in star trek no 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 but it just seemed like that you know, was a very strange door to just have opening and closing at the top of yeah you know, that, a that's server in galaxy
1: room. quest because there's some there's random shit in star trek that makes no fucking sense like safety wise
0: yeah but it just seemed very strange that there's like a little yeah i don't know hole that th- opens and closes at the top of a server it room. sounded like it was trying to let the hot air out or something
1: but i mean even now without our lightsabers and spaceflight we have more efficient means of a fan yeah cooling server stacks anyway
0: it. <laughs> So she has to do this like gymnastic sort of pull up thing and like, you know, bring her legs up to like go above this hole before it closes again. Which
1: it slows down for her.
0: A little bit, yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so she's at the top of the tower. She tries, she has to reposition the little signal, the radar dish. There's a, yeah, there's a giant radar at which dish. which case, you know, Ben Middleton comes out and he's like, ha ha, I got you. But Don't he rides he never, the elevator. He rides the elevator. So he's okay. But then. Not Han Solo comes up, and it's just like, the elevator seems like it would be stuck at the top now, since the radar thing is getting shot a bunch, so did you go the same way Jen went, all acrobatic, with a laser wound in the side of you right now? Probably. It's just like, uh, okay, whatever. The Force will it. So anyways, shoots the bad guy, they transmit the plans, Woohoo. They, there's a there's a hard drive slot in the bottom of the
1: dish that she just pounds the hard drive in. Yeah, it's
0: like a USB slot. And
1: it goes, bloop, 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 okay, uploading. <laughs> and there's a subplot with the guys in the landing pad having to plug in their relay, their USB cord. Yeah, so,
0: I mean, part of the battle uh, that happens, like one of the new objectives in the battle is basically to bring down the planetary shield in order to get the broadcast out to the rebels of the Death Star plans. And that turns into, you know, oh, we need to, you know, flip these master switches to, like, you know, broadcast the radio on the frequencies we need to do. And you need to reposition the satellite to make sure it, you know, broadcasts correctly and get the hard drive up there to broadcast it, blah, blah, it blah. It
1: narrowcasts it. You know, whatever.
0: It yeah. only goes to one ship somehow. Anyway. Well, I mean, if they're listening on a particular frequency, that is, you know, Rebel, I don't know, whatever. How I'm many talking.
1: Rebel ships were there, though? Maybe another one could have gotten it. Whatever.
0: That. Anyway. <laughs> um they get the plans whatever and then the death star comes in and he's like oh well let's just call this whole place a wash and let's blow up
1: up all of our data blow up every record of everything in the empire just fuck it
0: because these rebels are a real pain in the ass because one usb drive got stolen let's blow everything up yeah so they shoot the laser not at the little miniature city, but just outside the miniature city so you can have a total... Doesn't it shoot the dish off or something? I can't remember. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, if you think <laughs> of it shooting, like, at the planet, it, like, clips the dish yeah. and then, like, it goes on for a couple of miles and then lands in the uh, planet yeah, further the, away. Yeah, somehow else out in the ocean. So, anyway, it reminded me of that scene in the one shitty asteroid meteor movie we watched though deep impact deep impact where they're on the beach waiting to be that's what i was thinking of like did they fucking rip off deep impact
1: like that's pretty sad
0: yeah that's bad so yeah not han solo and jen are on the beach you know being like well guess we're gonna die at least we got those plans out Yeah, give me a platonic hug yes pretty much yeah so i mean that's yay no plot armor but it's sort of Deep impact going out. I would have preferred that Darth Vader killed them. Yeah. That would have been better. But the most hilarious part, we already talked about this, but when the Imperial reinforcements are coming in and the rebels are hyperspacing away after getting their plans, you know, probably like 80% of the rebel ships have hyperspaced away the Imperial, like, dreadnought comes in or something, and, like, the other 20% of the ships of the Rebels are, like, trying to hyperspace away, and they just, like, hyperspace and, boom, into the side of it. It's just, like... <laughs> I was laughing so hard at that. Best part of the movie. The second best part to the Vader scene.
1: The hammerhead little cruisers back, the thing that they were flying around in Episode 1
0: in. Hammerhead
1: cruiser. The thing that takes Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon Jinn to the Japanese people's ship... Oh, oh, really? the little
0: yeah. A-Wing-looking thing? No, the big
1: thing that pushes the two Star Destroyers away.
0: Oh, that thing. Yeah. yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. That's just, I think that's the same ship that was uh, just painted different colors.
2: It's just like a Republic transport ship. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: But then Princess Leia's ship is the only other ship that gets the disc on it with the plans that's attached to the big ship that not Admiral Ackbar is in command of. Yes, because got the big people chair. are
0: very good generals. It's got the same fucking chair. Yeah. For some reason. There was actually a cool shot that I liked Um in his little compartment, his little battle station, where he actually like has like the glass floor, and he like is looking down at the planet. Like It almost looks like an RTS map. It's like, oh, you can see the battles going on in these different places and stuff. I don't know. There were some cool shots in that battle.
1: A lot of fighters that didn't bother to make it to the Death Star. Mm-hmm. Lots. Very many. Yeah. A couple million TIE fighters, too, that just apparently didn't feel like hanging out with the Death Star yeah so we were cheated too The we didn't get to see the Death Star come out of hyperspace that would have been fun
0: yeah I mean really the only times you they they sort of implied that the Death Star came in out of hyperspace because it's like it shows up on the horizon of a planet or something like that out of nowhere they
1: say like there's a massive object that just came out of hyperspace it's decelerating and then it's like comes over the horizon like I'm gonna rape you yeah (laughs) (laughs) single reactor ignition okay Boop, 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 boop. It's like they're charging one of those defibrillator machines, like Ah, put it on Two so Hundred. When,
2: when they have Tarkin on the station, or and all the other guys are with him, are all those other guys from like that meeting in A New Hope there nope. too, Mm-mm. or just they all show up later?
1: Just some fucking random, just some cunts, basically, okay. just so, some people in officer just all uniforms,
2: attachees, and yeah,
1: <laughs> well, just like the people who are in charge of like the dorky function crap. I mean, they do a shot for shot. Recut of the firing sequence with like the you know guy pulling the lever down and, and like a little laser going like three yeah. feet away from the, the guy like, pulling Whoa! the laser yeah, pretty <laughs> much it's like
0: is there any safety in this place like no. the
1: guys don 't look away
0: though they just like turn to the
1: wall like yeah. It's pretty bright. Don't turn around. Hey, maybe my that, retinas are burning out like, now.
2: special goggles or something.
1: Well, then in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in A New Hope, they're like, oh, fuck, that's really bright.
2: <laughs> well, wait, wait, wait. Because in this movie, they're only testing it on, like, you know. Oh, single low, reactor. Yeah, power. they're, yeah, power. they're yeah, testing it on guess. two and three, not,
0: you know, 11. Right? I guess. So they're testing it on
2: full power in A New Hope, so maybe it's brighter. You
1: guys just like, whoa, it's pretty bright. <laughs> Let's talk about Gramoff Tarkin though. I'm I'm just gonna screech autistically about his CGI face. Like I could they have not found another guy who I, had high cheekbones and looked like an SS officer and they could have put a little makeup on him. It's obvious they had somebody dubbing Peter Cushing's voice in there who did a great job, but they could have just fucking dubbed the guy who was playing him if they put makeup on him. Ah, uh, I don't know. Fuck you, okay? He has a
0: very <laughs> unique face, Peter there are, so,
1: there are seven billion people on the planet. There's one motherfucker there who could... Yeah,
0: but he's not an actor, and he may just be like some dude in the middle of Kazakhstan somewhere doesn't that matter. doesn't
1: even know that Star Wars exists. They could have found somebody who's, who's in the United States or in North America. They could have. They could have found a Princess Leia lookalike, done a little bit of makeup on them, <sighs> or ideally done a little bit of makeup and then done some CGI with their face instead of trying to make a PlayStation 4 fucking face out of him. It's like I was watching Skyrim. Like
2: I think it would have been okay if they had cast different actors. I think people would have been more accepting of that than they are of
0: bad but, CGI. But, I mean, the problem with that is the fact that, well, again, well, they did you know, bad CGI so they can release a new special edition in 15 years. It would have been anyway. a really
1: convenient solution for Princess Leia is not to show her one. Yeah,
0: I mean, you could have just shown her back. Like, I would have gotten the full extent of, you know, okay, the Princess Leia thing is just shows Princess Leia, like I was saying, you know, shows her back, cuts to another scene, shows her back, then she turns around saying like, it's full of hope, and th- that was it. It was just like, but like when she turned around and you saw her face for like those maybe five seconds, you're just like, oh, it's, it, it, you could have just had her back. I and mean, everyone who goes into this movie is not going into this movie just blind. They have seen the prior to Star Wars. Like, that's one thing I don't like about this movie As a movie, I guess. As a franchise movie, sure, whatever. But it doesn't... I don't feel like it stands alone. You need to have watched A New Hope to get any semblance of a complete story from this movie.
1: Princess Leia, don't show her face. Just give her the disc. Mm -hmm. Grandma Tarkin is a hologram. Uh, just have him appear as a hologram. Uh,
0: yeah, that would have been okay. And just apparently. say,
1: you know what, Director Krennic, you fucked up big time, you blew up our data store, the Emperor is so pissed, I'm coming to take over the project. Yeah. I'll be there in an hour. Don't fucking move the Death Star.
2: But he was always going to take over the project anyway.
1: But Okay, but as a way to explain his, his presence there later without having to show him in the movie, like, I'm coming to take over, don't leave. Lord Vader, the ship that escaped, get on it. That would have... Tied all of those problems up without.
0: Again, like you say, he looked awful. I say he didn't look that bad. I mean, if you, I, I wasn't looking that closely. I wasn't like squinting my eyes, like trying to find the flaws. I was well, sort of just like sitting. The back, flaws
1: are really apparent to me. Like his my invisible popcorn. I his didn't have. his mouth was moving too slowly for like his face muscles were moving at the wrong pace for what he was saying. It just it looked or it looked like a video game. Mm. And it was jarring because it was actually fine when it was farther away, and he was kind of like by himself. But when there was a real person next to him, and then it was also his fake ass face trying to talk, it was just—it was like I was watching the first Harry Potter movie where Voldemort's in the back of the guy's head, and he's like, "No, I'm gonna get you, Harry Potter." It's like that nah, it doesn't look very real to me.
0: I never saw a Harry Potter movie, so.
1: Okay, well now you've seen it. There <laughs> you I, go. I
0: agree with you though that.
2: It could have solved a lot of things if they had had him appear as a hologram in the movie, because there's precedent in other Star Wars movies where they've had characters appearing as holograms doing like full scenes of dialogue. Like I'm thinking, like where they have Darth Sidious on that uh, little droid spider yeah. walk thing, and he's being projected while he's talking to the Japanese guys. We'll talk about the prequels.
1: Okay, we will. Let's talk about Empire Strikes Back, where the Emperor appears as a hologram.
0: I'll be I'll be fine with that then.
1: And he's like, Lord Vader, you know, the fuck, this new you know, young Skywalker out there, you're going to turn him to the dark side, right? And then in Return of the Jedi, Lord Vader comes to the Death Star and is like, you know what? The Emperor's going to come take charge of this project personally because he's curious why it's taking so long. And the uh, Jar, right, the guy but then in charge of He actually of like, Ooh. does show up. But yeah, they, they yeah. use him sparingly. <laughs> I'm saying that if you want to like glue them together, Tarkin's a hologram who's like, Director Krennic, you fucked up big time. Yeah, don't
0: make him a main character. Right, like, you know.
1: I, I'm coming to take over this project. It's my project. You fucked it up. I'm, you're done. Get out of here. Vader, go get the plans back. And then that would explain why he's on the Death Star having the meeting and everything and A New Hope. It would, just, it would neatly dovetail. But I guess they couldn't resist the chance to, we can bring him back from the dead. We can have a, a new I star.
2: need to spend their budget somehow. So, do you guys, you know, knowing that 40% of this movie was reshot, how do you think this movie was before it was reshot?
0: I think a lot of the quips weren't there.
2: Yes. You think it was more violent? I think they
0: added, they went for Marvel quips. Okay. I think that's what they did. Based
2: on everything I've read and everything I've heard you guys say, I want to guess that the movie was quite a bit more violent and more realistic in terms of the combat stuff before It it felt grittier, Yeah. This and that. When the people saw it in the screening room at Disney, they said, "This isn't fun enough. It's not. It's not Star Warsy enough." So then they had them reshoot everything and insert like the you know ham-handed humor and stuff in there to make it more yeah. like a New Hope.
1: But to them, it seems like Star Warsy is in the vein of the prequels. Like it's fun and fucking stupid
2: because it sells toys.
1: Yeah, but yeah. the original Star Wars movies, they, they, I mean, they weren't gory, but it was like. You know, Luke's dead friend in the snow speeders like a well, fucking, his fucking smoking
2: aunt and corpse. uncle or like you know, smoking skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> I mean that
0: it's I don't I, know, not, I felt like this movie had a little bit more grit than the oh, original it, movies. It did, yeah. And I'm I'm saying I'm not
1: asking for like saving private Ryan, like somebody walking around with their fucking arm or something on the beach there, like, hmm, where's the rest of me? But it not I, having I would like, honestly
0: pay to see a stormtrooper doing that. Like
1: <laughs> that okay, oh, that would have been I would have been a bonus. I wasn't asking for that. I would have been fine with it, but like having like the, the CGI door gunner, like new toy chimp thing, like,
0: <laughs> yeah, like,
1: Oh, okay. I get that Groot was a big hit in Guardians of the galaxy, but you need to fucking keep him there.
0: Yeah. Like that's why I, it just feels like the Marvel formula is infecting the star Wars movies now. And I hope that isn't the case because then literally you just have, you know, a Star Wars and a Marvel movie that are the same thing coming out each year now, then. Just quips. Just quip, quip wars. Just,
1: yeah, I'd say quip wars, just quips. But quips written by Bane. Yeah. Because they are all like real um, on the nose, I guess. Oh. They're either callbacks or they're on the nose. Like, don't choke on your ambition while I'm choking you.
2: Mm hmm. So how's the music in this movie? I, heard, I read that it was really
0: melodramatic. Uh, I mean... Unimpressive. The stuff they did with the remixed original... Or the remixed, like, original Star Wars music felt, like, forced and kind of just like... Huh, like, why are you putting that in there? Like, come forced. on. like Yeah, for, forced. Forced. Yeah, forced. okay, got it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But, I mean, the other music that was just, you know... Background is I didn't find it like super out of place or like bad or anything. I thought
1: the the original stuff was serviceable, but how they just like kept jamming a few bars from the original John Williams stuff in there whenever there was like a Star Wars reference, it
2: was
0: yeah, it it felt like. Well, so I'm
2: asking because the John Williams, I know John Williams didn't do this movie, but it was Michael Giacchino or whoever his name is. But I know John Williams did Force Awakens, and it was like, really disappointing, like, most of the rest of the movie. But that the first six scores that he did were, like... People associate that with Star Wars. Like, it's... You can recall that, like, when Duel of the Fates... you you, Everybody knows what that sounds like. Do you think that this movie will achieve any of that iconic resemblance? I don't think it
0: has any iconic original piece from that made it into the movie. No. But within the movie, it... The the music worked. It wasn't like it was so jarring that like oh I only remember the music from the movie or like you know it the mu- music took over the scene or something. It just the music worked well as you know complementing the scene, not necessarily as something that I would go and get the soundtrack and be like right. they oh yeah, that. so
2: would never stand alone. They but, yeah. weren't playing the Beastie Boys to anybody riding on a motorcycle. Uh, well, but, we can be thankful for that. <laughs> but what I'm
0: I guess I, what I'm saying is again it's like Marvel music. Marvel. There is no Marvel movie outside of Spider Man that you can name. You know, a Marvel right, Guardians. Spider Man from like ten years ago. Yeah, right? Spider Man from ten years ago, <laughs> <Yeah>. and Guardians <laughs> is a little different. But like any of the like stuff that is composed for the Marvel movies is very unmemorable. Right, and like, I felt that. The I don't same think way anybody goes
2: out and buys Marvel soundtrack CDs.
0: Yeah. But I mean, you can't you can't remember the music in Marvel, and I can't remember the movies uh, the music in this movie really.
1: I mean, most of the famous shit from. Only thing I can come up with from Marvel is licensed stuff. Like Iron Man has a lot of music that is from actual like bands.
0: Yeah, I'm saying like outside of you know the, the licensed stuff, the of original Guardians stuff, and whatnot. yeah. The yeah.
1: original score is very bland. It's my problem with this movie, it's like it, it it's serviceable for what's on the screen, but. The only memorable parts of it are parts they just fucking took from John Williams.
0: Yeah, it, that felt forced and cringy. It's like, well, see, well it's like C three
1: PO and R2D2. Why are they going to if No one tells me anything.
0: And then, like, it has a little like John Williams like yes. transition oh music after that. Like, <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> was, I, the hammer was just hitting the nail right in the head. Like, you got it. It's he's fucking dead. Stop. <laughs> Let him go. John hey
2: Williams did? No, he's not. He's no, no,
1: dead. but I mean, like, the point. Like, we get oh, it. Oh, we They yeah, were yeah. from Star Wars. We fucking got it. Holy yes. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: It's okay. See, that that is really disappointing to me because, I mean, I actually, I mean, I have all the Star Wars music and stuff, and I think that the first six are pretty iconic. <clears throat> you know, maybe not episode two- but the only people recognize all the music from those films.
1: Yeah, I can recognize the clone marching music from Episode 2. That's all I think of for Episode 2, but... Again, I can recall like that moment in the movie—it's it, you know the end where all the clones are marching onto the ships, and Yoda's like, "The Clone Wars begun." Right. Have
2: or you know like the part of the movie where they're playing like the you know Duel of the Fates is Qui Gon and Obi Wan and Darth Maul, right. and you yep. know like all the stuff—the cues from the original movies too—because they're just so iconic, and it just disappoints me that you know like it just cheapens a New Hope. Like they did it in the movie with Force Awakens, they cheapened it by making a copy. They cheapen it by making a copy and then give it a terrible, unmemorable soundtrack or score to it. And then they, seems like they kind of do that with with this movie too, with like the, you know, remember this guy? Remember this guy? Slide him in here?
1: Jimmy Smith's, you know, I'll contact my Jedi friend. I'll have my daughter do it. I'd trust her with my life. I'm going to be dead soon because I'll be on Alderaan. And so it is. (laughs) He should have stayed as the fucking president on the West Wing and been done with it.
2: But he, uh, how long was he in the movie for? He had probably...
1: He was in the the beginning where Mon Mothma, who, by the way, is a different actress that nobody... No, it's
2: it's actually the same actress who played her in Revenge of the Sith, but they cut all her scenes out of Revenge of the Sith.
1: Yes, yes, correct. (laughs) But it's different from the lady who played her in the old movies.
2: Right, because she obviously can't approximate the age.
1: They didn't feel the need to
0: recreate her face in CGI. But, I mean, really, that... I don't really remember her as a standout character in, you know, A New Hope. I sort of remember her caricature of a person from A New Hope of, you know, what she looks like in this movie. But it's, yeah, a different actress.
2: Yeah, and like Return of the Jedi, though, she's like, she doesn't even have a name. She's in one scene. Right. And
0: she says like maybe six or seven
2: lines. And then she turns it over to the fish head guy, and (laughs) Akbar. And, but so like, I wouldn't see the need to recreate her in any sense either, but like Tarkin, I can understand why they wanted to recreate him because he was a major character in the first movie and he was like, besides Darth Vader, the most recognizable villain. There's a better way to recreate it. No, no, totally. I agree with you. I I mean, I haven't not seen the actual Tarkin stuff yet, but it sounds like, you know, if it's anything like the clue two thing from Tron, I'll be a little upset. It so is. It sounds like there were better ways they could have done it. With there like are better all, ways yeah. they could have
1: done it. They Akbar's not Akbar as a CGI character for some reason when they could have made a prosthetic for him. It's a trap. They they could have. I'm sorry. It would have looked better in my opinion because he looked really fake. Yeah. And Jimmy, how can
2: he operate the controls with like his fish hands? He I wasn't even was... doing any operating. He was he sort was just of more directing. Yeah, he was oh, like yeah. directing. anything, saying like.
0: Blah blah blah. But unlike you blah, know blah. Return
2: in Return of the Jedi when they're on the, the Star Cruiser with Akbar and all his uh, Mon Calamari friends there, like they're all working the computers. Like, how they they don't have like hands with digits. I don't understand. And they
1: <laughs> Anyway, to answer your question from a couple minutes ago, Jimmy Smiths shows up after they have their first interrogation of Jin, and Mon Mothma's like, You're gonna help us out? And Jimmy Smith is like, Yeah, you're gonna fucking help us out. He walks out of the shadows. And then He's in the second meeting where the guy's like, no, we should just surrender and make a deal with them because it'll be better for everybody. And then he and Mon Mothma have a private chat afterwards where he's saying, like, I'm going to go let my daughter know that we're going to get Obi-Wan Kenobi out of retirement. Make sure to take her to the battle. Take her to the battle over the planet.
2: Again, though, they have subspace. Like, they have long-range communications. Why can't her ship have been, like, on the you know, the outside the system or something and she gets the transmission that Well, way. I mean, they
0: sort of went over that a little bit because they said basically the plans we're trying to transmit are so large we need to go do some manual stuff and have a high-powered radar dish transmit that data because there isn't enough bandwidth to do on, you know, small frequency type stuff.
2: Okay, so like they used the techno Technobabble explanation. Yeah, pretty
0: much. <laughs> All right, well, as a fan of Star Trek, I can forgive that
2: because that's, <laughs> like, every episode.
1: <laughs> I, I would have been happier with a movie about, like, stealing the plans, you know, actually stealing them or f- taking the plans from an Imperial transport or so, something better than we have to put the hard drive in the satellite dish.
0: The, the conclusion, yeah, of there's a giant server room and we have a hard drive when we stick into a satellite dish... I felt was weak, but the overall surrounding of that with the whole final sequence on Scarith, I thought was strong. So,
2: so it seems like you guys are saying it's kind of like Rocky Four, where like most three fourths of the movie is absolutely awful. And if you're going to watch any of the movie, anybody only watches the half an hour where it's the training. I wouldn't scenes say and the it's, fight.
0: I wouldn't say it's <laughs> completely awful. I would say like it starts off slow. And then it's sometimes, I felt like at the start of the movie, I'm wondering, like, why are we even here as an audience watching this scene? Like, what is the point of this? Like, the whole part on Jeddah was like, okay, well, the only reason you're here is because the rebels feel like being a dick and killing someone. And it's just, like, you could have figured out, you know, there's, you're, Dad's trying to tell you there's a flaw in the Death Star. Another way, it just—it felt really rushed. Yeah, so maybe that was the scenes they had. Oh, I don't know. It just felt all
1: rushed, and it's—I think it's stupid that it was uh, my revenge, my master revenge plan. It was part of my plan all along to pick a but, flaw in the yeah, Death I don't, Star. I but once enough, yeah, it I got
0: don't, yeah. to Ida, um, Edu, Edu, Enya. <laughs> yeah, Edu, and a little bit after, you know, Vader. Force choked. What's his face? I, it, the movie got better there. I thought. I yeah. thought the second half was much stronger than the first.
1: Yeah, I'll agree with that definitely. I would have preferred that, uh, not Han Solo had just shot him. That would have been a better character conflict thing, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I mean, it really felt like not Han Solo didn't really do much outside no, of nobody being really a did much. Shepherd though. to K two.
1: Yeah, no, I didn't think anybody did. Much really, Mm -hmm. I I thought it would have been also better if Darth Vader had come down to kill them on the planet, like help. We need you to actually go like battlefront style, like hopping around. Well, I mean, maybe kill them inside the base or something. Or he was hunting Jin Mm -hmm. and um, not Han Solo. That would have been cool. Maybe he could have killed Krennic down there for being a cunt. Just like you know what, fuck you.
0: I don't know. It's kind of cool that Krennic actually died to his own creation. Yes, it's
1: ironic, but. I mean, maybe Vader could have left him there to die or something. Mm -hmm. And then Darth Vader's like on the planet and that would explain why he can't immediately go chase Princess Leia. He's like, hey, hold on. I have to go back because Lord Vader ships escape with the plans. Okay, let me go get him. Mm. There's just
2: been way too much of this, you know, it's all part of the plan plotting that's been going on in movies in the few years past. I mean, like Bane did it. Uh the Joker did it. Um they did it in Skyfall. Yep, James Bond did it. Uh they what else have they done? They did it in Star Trek Into Darkness. They did it in the other Star Trek and Beyond too. Okay, so yeah, so they yeah. did it there. So that's 5 movies
1: at least. At least I'm 5. I'm sure there are, No, no, Loki it was all part of his plan to get oh. captured in the Avengers.
2: That's right. Yep. Loki did it and it was all part of his plan in thor 2 also to get you know take over the throne and replace uh, odin yep. there it's just it's just so lazy after a while i mean it was it was cool when the joker did it in the dark knight and then it like he they ruined it for everybody else because that was just the epitome of how to do it the right way i just don't like that I, it just seems so lazy
1: he can grab Han Solo's blaster from across the dinner table in Cloud City, but he can't grab a disc.
2: Yeah, because mm-hmm. it was being blocked by the so door. So, would you guys say that? Oh, Gar- it was the
1: the, the door. It, had it crystals was made of anti. It.
2: Oh, it had Kyber
1: crystals in the door. That's oh, are okay. you saying, Grant? Sorry. Well,
2: yeah. I mean, would you guys say that <laughs> Gareth Edwards is just he seems like he's a better action director than he is like the stuff leading up to the action because this is his other movie that I know of is Godzilla from a couple years ago, and that was just, like, destruction porn for two hours.
1: I think the problem is that this movie was written by one of the guys who directed one of the Twilight movies. Um, directed by somebody who's an action director. I don't know. This movie, to me, seemed more like it would be better in the hands of somebody who directs, like... Maybe even a completely different take on it, like a horror film, that they stole the plans and they have to get them to the rebels, and Darth Vader's just fucking killing them all over the course of the movie.
2: That's what I was thinking the other day, and I'm glad you brought that up, because I was thinking, they get all these big-name people who want to be involved in these movies now, and I really—and they're all—remember how all these directors have said that they're all super fans— like they're all the greatest fans. I really feel like the best thing they could do was probably bring in a director who was not a fan and who didn't know anything about Star Wars. That's kind of like. Really hard to find. They're no, carpetbaggers. But, but you can. Like Nicholas Meyer with Star Trek. He did Star Trek 2 and Star Trek 6, which are probably the best original. Two of the best original cast movies. And the, he didn't know jack shit about Star Trek when he made Star Trek 2.
0: And people consider
2: it the best movie. I,
0: I just find it, in my mind to be very difficult for a director with you know some amount of chops behind them to come in to a star wars movie and say oh i never really watched star wars i don't really care about it like as just it's one of those things in that profession i mean star trek you know it's a little more you know sci-fi niche or at least it was at the time it's getting a little more broader with the movies they're doing now but i mean star wars has always been you know Oh my God! You haven't seen Star Wars? What the hell? It's like you know one percent of people that haven't seen Star Wars, and you freak out when you hear that you know Oh my God!" type thing. Whereas it's like Star- not having played Zelda. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's it's like yeah, it's, it'd be like you know somebody who is super you know into video games that are going to be you know they're working or they are a video game producer and they haven't played Zelda or Mario or something like that. It's, well, it's it's
2: not it's not to me that they would never have to have seen it. It's because I'm pretty sure that, you know, people have done stuff with like Star Trek, you know, they've done great jobs. And, you know, they say, oh, I maybe saw a few episodes, you know, when I was younger, but I never really latched onto it that much. So I'm not opposed to them being completely unexposed to Star Wars. Just, you know, somebody who just doesn't like isn't a fanboy about it. I feel like that that is part of the problem that these things get into is like JJ Abrams, we all know that he did Star Trek because he secretly desired to do Star Wars and he was that's why he tried to make Star Trek into Star Wars. He's a huge fanboy. So of course we got a disappointing fan fiction for a movie there.
1: Carpet baggers. Yeah, yeah okay. True fans.
2: Bunch of scabs. Or do you think that I'm wrong and the studio no, just interfered too I, much? I think there are carpet baggers.
0: I mean it's it's not entirely the same problem you had with the prequels where, you know, everyone's just like, oh, that's great, George, that's great. I mean, it's it's similar but different kind of problem that they are having with, you know, it seems like these movies where it is, you know, a lot of these people are like, oh, it'd be great if, you know, we had these, you know, little callbacks in every movie type thing. It's It's gonna, I mean, if it hasn't already gotten old for some people, which it has for us. Yeah. I feel like, you know, when they get, you know, two, three, four more movies out, whatever, even the people that were, you know, the people in front of us going like, ah, X-Wings, oh, my God. Those people will be like, oh, okay, well, I, I, I'm not going to, you know, do the little fangirl clap anymore.
1: They were bouncing on
0: their seats. Yeah, I know. They were literally like... Yeah, that's the Adult thing. children. thing I wanted to ask you guys.
2: Stuff. Like, how was the experience in the theater of seeing the movie?
1: Uh, <laughs> people behind us were very noisy with their food and kept putting their feet on the back of my chair. People ahead of Justin, sort of ahead of me, were probably outside their group home longer than they should have been. Yeah. It wasn't bad. I mean, the, I mean most there was the,
0: a group of children further up front, but I... They were well, way up front. I, I actually didn't notice them too much. I think I may have just seen a couple of them, you know, go outside the theater to go to the bathroom or whatever and got up a couple times but they weren't like you know yelling screaming oh my god I do or something like that no
1: it's the fucking kid behind us who was asking all these questions yeah or reading the stuff on the screen to himself if you're not old enough to read inside your head you should not be going to the movie anyway though to answer your question and your question I don't think people are going to get sick of it because the studio is targeting like man children retards so they hire quote like true fan TM people to be the directors, like people who write or who direct comic book movies are like, oh, I have like a deep understanding of Superman because I, they, you know. You mean
0: just Zack Snyder. But
1: like Warner sent me the Superman compilation 300 page comic book and I read it over the weekend. Now I understand Superman. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like Star Wars. Oh, what do you like about it? Well, I watched the movies. Okay. Neat. Does it like mean anything to you? Do you really care about it? Or do you like it because it's something that everybody else has seen? Mm-hmm. I may sound like a racial purist Nazi, but like, I'm in that other side. Like Star Wars, I kind of take meaning from it, but then there are a lot of people who are like, "I like Star Wars because I bought the T-shirt."
0: Yeah, those type of people that I don't know they're they're good for the studio's bottom line because I mean, a fifteen dollar ticket isn't gonna you know feed you know the executive's children caviar, but I mean. Buying, you know, and selling a bunch of shit, you know, with Star Wars logos on it or little stickers for a pack of people's cars or a Chewbacca costume or something like that. That's where the money is. George was right all those years ago. Like,
1: <laughs> well, exactly. if you want to turn into a money making enterprise, he's absolutely right. You got to mm-hmm. shove as much
0: shit as possible in order to make toys and stuff out of. Like, I don't dispute that from a business sense, but but I mean, those are the type of people that you know these movies are being. I mean, not completely made for, but there are too many call-outs in these movies for those type of people. And they're just bringing down the movies overall.
1: That's what I mean, yeah. It's like the quality suffering overall for these... You know,
0: just to sell, you know, more figurines.
1: Right, these fake fans who say they're fans, but, like, it's only because the Loot Crate offers Star Wars stuff. Like, you can get stickers and desktop toys.
0: Yeah, it's... You... It's the people that mold their... Personality, I guess, or existence around the plastic shit Disney sells them like
1: <laughs> right like the the commercialized geek culture thing, like I said before, carpet baggers like people realize that there was this community of like people who like this shit, and they're like, well, wait a minute, don't you like it too now because that's that's cool,
2: but yeah, I mean it's <laughs> well, it's just like you know sixteen, seventeen years ago, if you liked stuff like this you were still a nerd or a geek and you were on the fringes. If you like technology, you were on the fringes. If you like all the Star Trek and all that, and now it's been more mainstream and like being a geek is cool. And now like the people who were like the real geeks or who are into all that stuff, they're like pushed further out to the fringes. And now they're like called creepers
0: or whatever by people who are idiots. You know, it's actually funny because I can't remember if I told this on the on this or not, or if I just told you. Um, when I was when they actually had the Switch Nintendo Switch debut thing, mm-hmm. I remember talking about it with uh, somebody at work, and somebody walked by. It's like, oh yeah, I saw that thing too. It looked really cool. They had like a new Zelda and stuff. The only thing that didn't look that interesting was like, or didn't look that believable was the thing where they were like in a big arena and whatnot and playing video games there. I'm like. Oh, yeah, that actually happens with, like, Dota and League of Legends and shit and StarCraft. She's just like, what? (laughs) Like, oops, power level. Take it down a notch. Right. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, yeah, I just like playing Zelda. It's like, "Mm, okay.
1: I guess that's that's like the the casual fans are the ones driving the profits Mm -hmm. at the movies. But I think they're also the ones who are diluting the...
0: Yeah, I mean, it's... uh,
1: not going to pretend that Star Wars is, like, to the degree that, like, people who meet treated as a religion Mm -hmm. should be. It's not, like, that deep of a film, but at least it was exploring some themes, like, in the 70s and 80s. Well,
0: that's the thing. It's...
1: There is no theme now. It's just quips and shit blowing up.
0: Yeah, and it's just like, oh, you know, it it looks like the Star Wars universe that was created, you know, 40-something years ago. Yeah. So, and that's what the movies are being sold on now. But, I don't know. It's still... Told an enjoyable story if even if it was, you know, carpet bagging a little bit, a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of it, a lot of, bit. A lot of <laughs> it.
1: Would you recommend people see it? Actually, I would. I recommend people see it too. Make sure to go to a smaller theater to only pay eight dollars for your ticket.
0: Yeah, I think we did the right thing definitely there by going to a small theater and not paying for 3D IMAX real vision. Blah, yeah, blah, going, blah.
1: going for 3D IMAX ultra 75 foot widescreen double projection 8k right like don't don't waste your money on
2: that i'm gonna see it in a very very small theater yeah it's
1: probably the best to see it in a smaller theater because it's i don't know i'd recommend you see it but see it from the perspective that it's um just be conscious of what the movie's doing because if it's trying to plaster over its fucking flaws by saying like, hey, here, I'm jangle some keys in front of you. This is C-3, if you remember him.
2: <laughs> That's basically what right. it is, isn't it?
1: Don't let it get like, away
2: with
0: it. No, like, I mean, it, no. It, <laughs> it just, like I said, it tries to tell, you know, a story from a different perspective of the other Star Wars. It is, you know, the common man fighting on the ground, a lot more grittier yeah. type thing. But then, yeah, it does jangle those keys in front of you and it's just like, come on, man, just stop but it's at I, the expense of I some want interesting see, stuff yeah
1: I, like I, I, not Han Solo shoots the guy in the beginning who's telling him like oh there's a pilot who defected and he shoots him in the back when the guy's like the stormtroopers are coming I can't climb out of here to get away And he's like oh don't worry and he fucking kills him like that's dark and, and kind of evil and you know doing terrible things in service of the good cause
0: but then that's kind of glossed over the rest of the movie it's yeah just like and, the dark exactly. character isn't really brought up anymore it's just like it becomes a bland character after the, the that.
1: only time he shoots somebody like that is when he shoots the guy who's going to throw the grenade and kill Jin
0: mm-hmm.
1: during the Taliban raid on the U S tank. But I don't know. It's like they had a really an interesting thing with the character. Then it's just like, you know, jingle, jingle, jingle. Here's the keys. Like, Hey, pay attention babies. Here's the keys. You like these fucking plastic keys. There you go.
0: Yeah. Mm. Still, I would go see it. I
1: would recommend it. Yep. Go see it. Definitely. Uh, just be aware of the key jingling. I want you to steal the Death Star plans, Justin. It'd be very painful. It'd be extremely dangerous. And it was, because they all died. It really was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was.